properties um, in London, North London, but I buy a lot of flats um, with short leases. So I buy the flat, I extend the lease, and then obviously when you extend the lease, that creates an uplifting value. Welcome to another podcast of Steve's Corner, and today I have a guest all the way down from London, Jason Patterson. Thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Someone who I have followed on social media, and the reason that I've asked him to come on the podcast, the main reason, not because he's amazing at what he does or anything like that to start with, we'll get into that, <laughs> it was because of the support that you showed, mm. which I think is very rare yeah. in this industry. Cause one big family so obviously everyone does different things dual sourcing rent to rents um hmo etc etc et but i thought at least if someone's got good content then it's it's possible was probably best thing to do is probably to share it with, with with others yeah at least others can get to know you as well put up your following on social media youtube instagram so yeah um if it's good, 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 if it's good um, content then i'll just share it yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how I was that's how I noticed a lot of what you do because mm. like I said, the support was unreal and I was like, Wow, this is genuinely seems like a really nice human being. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you very much yeah, for you're that. Welcome. That's, that's and I watch every week as well, don't worry. That's good. See, there we go. I like that. But I was interested to see the day-to-day running of a normal property investor talk developer. Yeah. Because some people should just show the good side of it, but you've also got the bad side. Yeah. And what happens on a day-to-day basis, at least everyone can just put it out there make their own informed decisions. Yeah, well that, yeah, yeah, that was the whole point of the weekly mm. because obviously we do a touch of education and we have the property circle, which is a network and I have a massive plan, me and Isabel, I have a massive plan for that. But I didn't want people just to think that that's all we was about. I wanted them to see we run a business Monday to Friday of property development um, and it's coming across from our 28th week yeah. consistently. It's good. So that, that's really good. So yeah. it's good that you've acknowledged it and you watch it, which is, is really kind. So thank you for that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So we're going to go into some bits and pieces about what you do, mm-hmm. who you are, and obviously what you offer. Going back to what you just said about the day-to-day side of things, you obviously just saw a clear day-to-day of our COO, Tom, yep. who's had the run around this morning, <laughs> who wasn't happy at all. Yeah, good days and bad days. Yep, he was, he was burning up when he came in this office. He was bright red, he was, he was ready to lose it. And because you guys was in, yeah. he's never met you before, he kept it quite calm. Mm, I can see the steam coming off. Yeah, he, he, he was not happy. He's, he's literally over there watching yeah. us now. Nah, but he's happier now. Give, give people an insight into what you mm. do and who you are, please. Yep. Yeah, so basically, um, I buy a lot of leasehold properties um, in London, North London, but I buy a lot of flats um, with short leases. So I buy the flat, I extend the lease, and then obviously when you extend the lease, that creates an uplifting value. So I'll give you like a typical example. You buy a flat, um, one bedroom flat, worth about 170,000, North London, um, with a short lease, maybe six, six years, 65 years. Um, you extend the lease, might cost about 15 and a half grand or so, then it brings it up to a particular particular level, and then the end value might be about two, three, five, two forty. So you've created about forty to fifty grand worth of uplift by just extending wow. the lease. Yeah. So you basically done a full renovation on, yeah. a, on a property, yeah. but just never had to touch it really, just yeah. going to, to the paperwork. Exactly. So give me give for me because I'm not completely savvy on this. I know what it is, mm-hmm. and obviously I've been following you, so I, I understand it. And I think someone. One of your friends, Ricky, can yeah. call you the short lease king or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's a good yeah. title. Mm-hmm. These properties that come up for sale with short leases, a lot of people will be scared to touch them mm. 
because obviously the short leases. What is the, when you go to extend it, I'm presuming you have to speak to the owner or if it's council or something like that. What's the chances of it being extended? Is, there, is, is it just based purely on each individual property or have you got some kind of formula that you run with? Yeah, well, when I do purchase them, I look for a minimum uplift of about 20 25% um, going forward. But um, when you're extending a lease, then if you've owned a property for a minimum of two years, then the freeholder is obliged to give you a lease extension regardless. It's, okay. it's law. If you apply within the first two years of ownership, then they have the um, option to re refuse your request. Okay. Yeah? So, but yeah, so th there's two main routes. There's an informal route, and then there's a formal route. The formal route is the Section 24 route. Yeah, Section um, 42 route, sorry. <laughs> I was just saying Section 24. So basically, um, you write to the freeholder, um, you say to them, look, um, I'd like a lease extension to, either, to 99 years, to 125 years, or to 90 years above what it is at the moment with peppercorn ground rent. Okay. Yeah, and then they're obliged to obviously give you that extension for a premium um, going forward. But um, there's ways around it because the law states that you have to own it for two years before you extend the lease. But what you can do, um, when you're actually purchasing the property that is going through now, um, you can write to the freeholder, or your assistant can write to the freeholder, asking for permission um, to extend the lease without owning it um, for two years. Okay. Yeah. That's route number one. Number two, you can um, ask the current vendor to serve a section 42 notice on your behalf. So they serve it. And then when you complete, that section 42 notice is assigned over to yourself after you get the keys. Okay. And then you finish up the process. It takes about six to eight weeks afterwards. Um, another method is for you to purchase the leasehold flat. And then you can extend the lease and complete all on the same day. Okay. As long as the vendor's obviously happy with that. Yeah. So there's different ways around it. How the hell did you come across this strategy? <laughs> yeah, basically, um, this is from way back anyway, because I've been doing it for at least, what, 20 years now, starting in 2001. Um, I've got, I couldn't afford to buy the houses initially. So I just thought, right, I'm going to buy flats. Because where I am, houses are quite expensive. So I thought, I need to start buying some some flats just to get financially free. So on average, you might make about five fifty, six hundred pounds per flat. Um, so I got to maybe four flats by about what twenty six, twenty seven, and I made about I'm making about over two grand a month, two five a month, two yeah. So I was like, oh, this is all right. I've matched my full time wage. Yeah. So I have the option of retiring it if I want to. But when you see people like Oprah Winfrey, um, <laughs> Alan Sugar, um, Richards, Jones, you know, what I mean them guys are still working, they're multi-millionaires, multi-billionaires, and they're still working. You don't see them retire early, go to Hawaii, rest, lie on a beach, relax, yeah, I've got money. No, I keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. So I started to continue to buy more flats. I mean, eventually, obviously, these flats have leases on them. So the leases, some of them were running down. So um, I went to, during a credit crunch, I had about, I think, seven or eight properties with Birmingham Midshires. Okay. Then they changed their rules after the credit crunch. They said you're only allowed to have, I think, the maximum of like three or four buy to lets with them. So the ones that I had with them, they said, right, you can keep stay, stay with us, but you can't extract any cash. Yeah, so no further advances, no additional borrowing. So I thought, all right, the interest rates are quite low. It's like 0 0.99 above the base rate. So when the rates dropped, I was happy. The amount of cash flow is getting for peanuts in terms of the mortgage, I was happy. But then I thought, it's so much equity that's been built up in them, but I can't take it out. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take 
moved four of them properties over to TMW. Yeah. Now, I went around with the valuer, um, the surveyor, um, after you applied for the mortgages, the, the, yeah, the, re, the remortgage basically, and then three of them were fine. I mean, the fourth one, he said to me, oh, um, we can't give you the 30 grand off or out of this property. We can only give you maybe 10 grand of it. I said, why, why? Because the lease is, is short. But as soon as you extend that lease, then what you can do, contact TMW, um, send them over the paperwork that the lease has been extended, and then we'll release the other 20 grand for you. So I said, oh, okay, that's a good idea. So I looked around after that for other properties with short leases. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna buy the short leases, um, extend the lease, and then after that, um, create an uplifting value. Wow. So it's basically, it's a paper version of the BRR, yep. but, but less work. Yeah. And um, what I found as well, I've got a mixture of strategies. I've got some where's the BRR, that's need, need doing up. Got some where you can reconfigure them from one bed to two beds or two beds to three beds. And then also obviously the short leases. But yeah. if it's got all three of them together, then they call them ones a triple threat. A triple threat. Yeah, yeah triple threat. And More you can money. make the most money from Yeah, you can More make money, a king out of them. Instead so of you making like 40, 50 grand, you can reconfigure it and you can do a refurb on it as well. You're hitting like 60s or 70s just from one, one property, and it's, which is good. Yeah, and to get sixty or seventy thousand from a property in today's market, you need to spend about four or five hundred thousand. Exactly, minute. exactly. Because the hundred thousand ones and the one fifties, them unicorns don't exist at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a good strategy. Yeah, it's a good it's strategy. A, it, for newbies, mm. new people getting into property who have no experience whatsoever, who are watching this podcast now, is it a strategy that they can get into? They can, but you need a bit of cash with this one. It's not like rent to rent or deal sourcing or lease option agreements. You need a bit of cash to start with. So if you were to get into it, you probably need a JV partner initially. Yep. So for example, you can bring the cash, I'll bring the knowledge, and then um, just go in that way. Or yeah, you need some form of funding basically. Because for ones that I buy, for example, um, like I said, they're about 160, 170, 180-ish, 25% deposit. Um, yep. You get a normal buy sell mortgage on it. Um, so you need a good 45, 50 grand. And then you need another 15, 60 minimum for lease extension. Yep. So you put in about, 60-ish, 65. And if there's a renovation on top of that as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you could be looking at £100,000. Yeah, depending on yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, a great yeah. strategy. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, exactly. And it's a really interesting strategy as well because it's not something that you hear about every day in the mm. property world. What would you say your, um, out of 10, how many have gone through comfortably? All of them. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never been gazumped, you know. That's that. amazing. Yeah, someone's asking me that. We were on um, Clubhouse the other day. Oh, yeah, I just got gazumped the other day. Blah. But um, I was thinking, but for wait a minute, I've never been gazumped. Never, ever. Touch wood. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> yeah, touch wood. <laughs> touch wood Don't yeah. want to go out of here now. And yeah. say, Still, I got gazumped, you know, know, a week I know, later. I know. No, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I do all my due diligence. But what helps me is because I buy in the same location a lot of the time, the agents look after me. So they always phone me up and let me know if something's coming on, coming on soon. Like I had one about seven, eight days ago. I said, yeah, Jason, we've got one coming up on, on, in your favourite location. Like, I just call, give you the heads up. So when it comes on, you, you can be first in there. So they always give me first refusal That's on those good. properties. So now, because I'm a regular with them and they want me to, they want my business, they look after me. So even if the vendor's kind of a bit shaky or a bit, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to sell this, blah, 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 they always try and push it through, Yeah, which is a good thing. They want their commission and obviously they want me to have their property so I can come out to them with more business. Yeah. So... Well, 
that's another thing I talk a lot about. Mm. I get a lot of um, agents calling me up with deals and I get a lot of stuff sent before it goes onto the market or I get a lot of stuff where, like you said, I get a nudge before it's coming exactly. on the market. And people say to me, Steve, how, how? Mm. What have you done to put yourself in that position? And my answer is always the same. Credibility. Mm -hmm. I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yep. And I always follow through. If, I, if, if I've made an offer mm. and it's make or break and it's not really going to where it needs to be, I will still go ahead with it. Yeah, yeah. Because as long as I'm not losing money, mm -hmm. I'll still go ahead with it because the agents always come back. Yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give as well then on that? Is that the same advice or is there anything different? <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, sometimes when you're first starting out, you might try different areas. You might try Middlesbrough, might try Doncaster, might try Liverpool, might try Manchester, more like a scattergun approach. I wouldn't do that. I'd stick to one area Yep, do your research, your due diligence, stick to one area first and build up your um, rapport with the agents in that one area. That will come back to you. Yep. So they'll phone you up, like I said, like what happened um, with us. So yeah, we've got one available. Blah, blah, blah. So try and plant your seeds in a particular area. So that's how um, basically I've done it. Yep. So for the last 20 years or so, um, the agents, they've had different managers, but actual directors know who I am. So whoever the, the manager of that branch is, they say, look, oh, Jason, we've known him for a long time. Like, give him stuff straight away. So it's best to build up that rapport with the agent or the director, yeah. but stick to one area. And then even during bad times, like now, there's a lack of supply in in, in certain areas in, in the UK. But at least I've got that supply line. So people are telling me, oh, Jay, like, no properties out there. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, get, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting calls. Yeah. Still getting calls regularly, so I can still buy it. So in times like this, it's good that you've got that network of that um, yeah. link because you've stayed in one particular area rather than have a scattergun approach, like two in two in Doncaster, like two in Birmingham, two in Doncaster, um, Manchester, two in Liverpool. It's, it, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes I know people are testing out different areas to see if it works or not, but try and do as much due diligence or research as you can to choose a specific area and then build your report in that area. I mean, that will help you long-term okay. as well, yeah. So, how previously I've read that you was a teacher. Mm -hmm. How long was you a teacher for? 15 years. And what was you teaching? Uh, maths. I'm the numbers guy. I'm <laughs> yeah, was it, yeah. Numbers guy, mm. it's my whole thing. Yeah. Whole life is around numbers. I believe life is just numbers, if mm. I'm honest. So, it's a bit of a transition, isn't it? Yeah. From a teacher, what, where was you at? What school was you? Secondary was um, you? College level. College so level. A level, GCSEs. Okay. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So to go from that to this, it's a big jump, really. So it completed two different career paths, mm. but the numbers and the and the things kind of like it works. If exactly, that makes sense. Exactly. So what was the transition? Was it just because you wanted a, a life where you literally dictated it on your terms, or was it just something yeah. you stumbled onto? Even before that. Because I, um, I was in Sainsbury's for 11 years. I mean, transitioned into teaching. I mean, obviously into property full-time. But during Sainsbury's, I managed to buy five properties while I was in Sainsbury's. Wow. I was, yeah, I was in grocery. So I was putting out the waters, got checkout trains, done a bit of trolleys in the car park. It was all right. Um, but yeah, I managed to buy four then. And then I went into teaching after that. And then when I was in teaching, I, I was just sitting there one day, just thinking, whoa. Like, I've got to stay in, in this job for the next 40 to 45 years, getting up at 6, 6.30 every morning. It's like bringing homework and marking it. I said, this is too much. This is long. There must be another way out of this, yeah? Whether it's like property or business, starting a business 
or stocks and shares. Well, nowadays, crypto as well. Yeah. But um, I just thought it, there must be a way of earning regular income, passive income, without actually working for it. So property was the way that I wanted to go, basically. Because yeah, I overlapped a little bit. So I was in Sainsbury's for, I stayed there after that uni, and then went to teaching. But while I was about, I think like 22, 23, 24, that's when I started to build a portfolio after that kind of thought. Because I thought, this is too much. Because yeah. I'm not a person that wakes up early. I like waking up late, even today was like, oh, I have to get up early. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it, I made it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, just that, that, that kind of thing. I mean, I noticed that, like I said, after four or five properties, I matched my full-time wage. So I was thinking, why don't more people do this kind of thing? It's like, it's a no-brainer to We're me. not programmed for it though, are we? From no, your, we're, no. Not, we're not told about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's exactly, it, in school, yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's yeah. not something they want people to know. Because exactly. we'd all be out doing the same thing and yeah. the country would just fail. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that's some, that, some made to be employees. Some are made to be like bosses. Yeah, and then in the yeah, but yeah, but I, I had a few actually by then. I mean, the principal came in to a staff meeting one day, and then I think we were merging with another college, and uh, me just said, "Oh, I think some of the teacher were talking," and then he just said, "Whoa!" He, he, he just shut them down. I was like, "Whoa, yeah." When you're funded up, was it? He said, yeah, when you're part of the 150 club, then you can come and speak to me. So I was thinking, 150? <laughs> yeah, so in my mind, I was thinking, you know what, all right, 150. How many properties do I need to get 150 a year? Yeah. So I started to calculate it. And then my next goal was to get to 150 worth passive income to match the principal's income without actually working, as in like putting the label. bold statement he yeah, made, yeah, though, wasn't it? Yeah. What's he doing there? He passed away. Oh, wow, well, I can't say that. <laughs> he passed away. Yeah. Nana H, why hi? Yeah, can't, he um, passed away. Can't, 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 well, bowel cancer. Kind of that's, yeah. yeah. Can't touch any more on that subject because obviously it is what it is. Yeah, but it's yeah. a very bold statement to make yeah. to somebody in a room, like your salary, that's it's quite, mm, know, it's not good, is it? Exactly. So but that said, gave you a bit of motivation. Which yeah. actually gave you motivation? Yeah, yeah, yeah it did, it did. Because too many politics and then backstabbing and trying to Joshua for position, yeah. like head of department, director, etc., etc. It was too much, so I just thought, there's an easier way of of, of um, doing it. And plus, sometimes um, you're in the picket line. Yep. So the government said, oh, there's no pay, there's no pay increase for the public sector. Or you might get half a percent or one percent and you have to go on strike. But I thought, one percent of like 25, 30 grand, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, if I increase my rents by a little bit, I've matched that, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's, it's not worth it. When you look at it in, in layman's terms, it's not worth it. No. Yeah, but obviously some people are programmed to, to work yep. rather than earn income passively. Yeah. So. so, nine to five, mm. that's a typical thing in the UK. Yeah. Now, a lot of people do nine to five, a lot of people want to get out of nine to five, and a lot of people want to stay in the nine to five. And there's something to be said about both, about owning your own business or running your own business and chasing your dreams and doing nine to five. Nine to five, I've got a lot of people around me who do it who, when I speak to them on a Friday, they're like, I don't have to ever think about work now until Monday morning. Mm. And you see how happy they are. Mm. Friday night, they're out for a meal. Saturday, they're out with family and friends, having a drink. No worries in the world. Sunday, they have Sunday dinner. They watch the football or whatever they're doing. Go for a walk, back to work Monday morning. There's something to be said about that. Yeah. Just that each person's built differently. For me, couldn't do it. Exactly, Just yeah. haven't got it in my, in my brain. Mm. With you, you did it. Yeah. You had that nine till five, yeah. and obviously this is why you're in property now because you wanted to change it. Yeah. How? Well, what do you say to the people who are in the nine to five who want to do what you have done but can't physically get up to do it? Is there anything you can say to them? 
um, I'd say two two things. You can either get a mentor um, to to start you off, or look at all the free material out there. You've got social media, you got YouTube, TikTok, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look at all of that first. Try and school yourself in terms of property strategies. Um, then try and choose one where you think that like, yeah, that suits me more. Because there's so many like different ones out there, but sometimes that strategy may not suit you as a person. Because I know people that do HMOs, some do rent to rents, some do property development. Yeah, some people like Gavin buys land, gets planning permission, and sells it on. So choose a strategy that suits your personality. Some like short leases or flats like myself. Some people don't like leases at all. Too much hassle. So choose a strategy that you like, using the free information that's out there. And then, even if, if for example, you're thinking, all right, it's a bit too much, I've got all the information, I can't take it to the next level or, or action that, then maybe get someone on board, a mentor. But get a mentor that is, wants to do your strategy or is doing your strategy, that's been there and done it. Yep. So don't choose one, someone that's got a textbook and say, right, do this, do this, do that. Choose someone that's actually done it, been there, done it, and doing it for you to mentor, be mentored by just so you can move forward. In, in well, you sense. do mentoring, don't you? Yeah, that's correct. And yeah. from what I've come across <laughs> in this interview and obviously all well, the podcasts and obviously sitting with you previously with your partner, mm, yep. who is three <laughs> weeks away yeah, from yeah, dropping. Yeah. Close, congratulations close. on that. Thank that's going to gonna be huge. And it's a boy. <laughs> yeah. Boy. So that's good. But you do mentoring mm -hmm. and you're very humble. You're mm -hmm. very down to earth. Mm -hmm. um, you can clearly see that from social media as well. Yeah. Very relaxed. And when... Anybody wants to get into this strategy and they pick a mentor, they need to pick somebody that they relate to, I believe. Mm. You have to be relatable to the person. True. And I feel that you you have a relatability because you're very just you're so easy to speak to and so mm. relaxed. Sometimes these podcasts can be quite forced. <laughs> yeah. This is very just easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah. easy conversation. So yeah, so if you do want mentoring and there's something that you physically think that in your head I can do this strategy that he does, contact him. All the all the, the links will be in the description below. Um, or was it the other way around? The description <laughs> will be in the link below. That's what it is. But yeah, everything will be down there. All your social medias will be everywhere. So yeah. guys, if you do want to get into this, please contact him, have a conversation mm -hmm. and just see what it leads to. Mm -hmm. You're very relaxed today. You're mm. in a tracksuit. Yeah. You're in a cap. Comfortable. Comfortable. Mm. What's your take on this new generation where I, I'm normally in a tracksuit, cap, jeans, um, t-shirts. Mm. I normally have chain on and watch on and, and bits and pieces but now we're back in Birmingham town centre this is Colmore Row it's mm. quite a prestigious area I'm struggling yeah. because I'm finding that people doesn't matter what I have doesn't matter what my portfolio is doesn't matter what my net worth is people are looking down on me mm -hmm. and I've seen it over the last seven weeks mm. and my initial instinct is to say fuck you mm. But unfortunately, that's not how the world works yeah, yeah. because the guys who are in the three-piece suits who don't have anywhere near anything that you've got or not even the knowledge that you've got get more respect. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for people out there who are younger, who are trying to get in and, and relate to people like me and you but think because we do it, yeah. they can do it? Yeah, yeah. What Do you have any advice for that? Um, no, well... I do actually. I'm <laughs> glad because that would have been like, okay, next question. Let's go on to the next thing. That's quite well. I'm glad that you do have advice for that. No, everyone's different. Everyone's different. So I come from like a corporate, not really corporate, but a formal background. So I used to go in the shirt. In the, well, when I first started, I used to wear a tie, shirt, trousers, shoes, etc., etc. So I know about the form, 
formal kind of life. But um, when you're more of an entrepreneur or a business person, your style of dress sense kind of changes, as you know already. But you can. It's best to wear things that you feel comfortable with. So I don't know. So for me personally, tracksuit sometimes a cap as well. Um, as long as you get the job done, then it doesn't matter what you wear really. Yeah. But I know what you mean in terms of being accepted in a certain set of people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if you go to corporate meetings, then maybe, yeah, dress more formal. Yeah. We speak differently to them. They speak more, more, I don't know. I, I know what you're trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, 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 I know yeah, exactly yeah, what you're trying yeah, to get yeah. at. And the last week, mm. it's really bothered me. Mm. I actually talked about it in my weekly yesterday. I yeah. actually was sitting in Pret and I just had a conversation about it. More of a rant, really. Yeah. Because a lot of my guys who are here at the office... They've been to a few networking events around the Birmingham area mm. and a few of the events that they've gone to, they've dressed quite casually yeah, yeah. and people have just completely ignored them, mm -hmm. bypassed them. Yet they've gone to another one where the same people are and they've gone in suits and stuff and yeah. people have paid attention exactly, to them. Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, is that right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be, but that's the way it is. So Can it be changed? <sighs> I doubt it. Yeah, I'm I with you on it. that. I doubt it. But so the only way around it is to do probably what you're doing, um, hold events, 100 people, yeah. 150 people, whatever it is, and then we'll be around like-minded people with yeah. the same sort of mindset. Then we can dress the way that you want because they're, they're more open-minded in, yeah. in that sense. I've tried to do that, like you said, with the networking events. Yeah, yeah, the ones yeah. that we have where we have 100, 150 people, mm. I'm kind of like, I the last networking event that we did, I came in shorts and a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, and people cash. were walking in and they was in suits and stuff like mm. that. And I, I mean, I'll take you seriously. Some of them do they? Yeah. I don't want to portray to everybody out there, especially the younger generation, because the younger generation is what I want to help. I obviously understand that there is an elite in the UK. Mm -hmm. There always will be an elite. doesn't matter how you dress it up, and the elite will always be the three-piece suits, top chain, top two. You don't even see them. Yeah. And it runs through. You can't change it. But I don't want people to follow me personally and go, oh, Steve had a had a jacket and a cap backwards cap on and he went and viewed a house and he bought a house and he made £50,000. So they turn up at the at the viewing a week later at somewhere else with a backwards cap on and they're getting no respect <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and things like that. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking in my head, do I need to set an example and do I need to change the way that I am because mm -hmm. I'm people are going to think that you can do it. It's a bit like Zuckerberg when turns up in a hoodie yeah, and yeah. things. But if you remember, if people go back to the beginning when he was doing that, no one took him seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when he earned billions, mm. everyone wanted to take him seriously. Exactly. So I, is it acceptable to do it once you've made yourself or is it not? You're right. Probably, you're right, you're right. Same with him, Steve Jobs. We used to wear the same top and bottoms all the time. Yep. Yeah. But I know what you mean. If you're going to a more formal event, like say you're going to meet some of the Wimpy or Barclay Homes or Fairview Homes, directors or something you can't dress like this no yes it's just more formal it's really bad though serious yeah yeah yeah. because yeah, yeah. you're yeah. the same person going yeah. in a tracksuit or, exactly. or a suit exactly and you, you've got the exact same knowledge mm. and you might be more more smarter than them in the whole room yeah exactly. and they don't take you serious because you're in a tracksuit yeah 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 that's to be more formal but yeah. if you're around amongst friends or fellow property developers or property investors it's fine yeah. but setting an example i suppose when you go to the big meetings like today, you dress quite kind of smart. Yeah, I've got a meeting this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a meeting this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have dressed. Like... I'd have been in my tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, on. exactly. Yeah. So you dress for the occasion, basically. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, but at least when they see that on your 
weeklies, then they know, right, if I'm going to a big meeting, I'm not going to wear my tracksuit. I'm going to wear a shirt, a tie, shoes, yep. so they take me more seriously. But when you're in the office, or going to going to a viewing or certain viewings, then you can get away with just, just um, casual wear yeah. as well. And as well, another thing, with some of them, some of them might not take you seriously. So if you go to for viewings, for example, I'd um, got the BM and I got the, like, the Bentley as well. Sometimes that can affect your the agent. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. So depending on who I'm going to see. You know what color. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, and how to dress. Like the other day, I went to a viewing and then I just wore my normal watch, you yeah? know. And then afterwards, the agent for me up said, oh, it's an, um, nice kettle, nice kettle. That means watch, by the way. And then, the <laughs> just in case some people did, Just no, in case. Yeah, because <laughs> some people that. don't know. Yep. Cause I got that message the other day. It's like, um, what's the kettle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's a watch. So, oh, okay. Like, Cockney. They said to me, oh, nice kettle. I was like, oh, yeah. So, we're interested in giving you the property, mate. So, so I thought, because he was just checking me out all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. But I parked my car around the corner, so he didn't see my car. Yeah. Yeah. But things like that, people are watching you without you knowing that they're watching you. Yeah. And they're making a perception of you. Yeah. Of, of, of and it can have a negative head. or a positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact. It's all down to the person. Exactly. Jealousy or non-jealousy mm -hmm. or do they want to work with you because they believe there's money there and stuff like that. Your car is beautiful, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you. It's, so a, it's a lovely, thank you. It's a lovely, lovely car. Yeah. And cars, it's a big thing in your life mm. or is it not? Not really, but you know what? That's only the fourth car that I've had oh, in really? my life. Yeah. It's not bad for a fourth <laughs> car at all. Yeah, I had a Vauxhall Corsa. I had the that was my first BM, car. is it? Yeah, all yeah. right, yeah, so you Then I had um, the BM E36, and then I've had the E46. That's you, yeah. So, Ams is behind the camera waving like that. Ams is that guy, he yeah. loves it. He, oh, he's, okay. he's, he's big into yeah. his older cars, aren't you? Mm. He's, he's bringing them back to life, yeah. He loves yeah. them, yeah. Oh, that's good. No, we okay. might do a podcast with Amazon cars. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, might yeah. actually do something. So, yeah. so from the BM, you had the E46. What was next? Um, E36, E46, and then the Bentley. That's it. Just, just those four. Wow. Yeah. And I kept the E46 for a bit because obviously certain places you can't go with um, a certain car to. So I thought, let me have two cars. And then one for this and then one for that, basically. Yeah. But I got rid of it recently because um, my partner's got an Audi. So I thought, you know what? Let me just get rid of it. I mean, just have the Audi like a second car. Okay. And share it. So but after a while, you need to treat yourself. Yeah, well, that yeah. was what I was about mm -hmm. to say. We work so hard, mm -hmm. and is it your car is technically classed as a flashy car? Yeah, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. It's not your everyday run of the mill car. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel that people judge you because you've got the car and start thinking that you're better than you are, or do you feel that people look at you and go, Fair play to him. He's mm, worked yeah. so hard for so long that he's got the car. It's more towards that. Because some people know that I kept the BM for like 17 years. Okay. I mean, they were like, oh, why don't you change your car? Even the agents. Like, oh, you got all these properties. Why don't you just change your car? I'm like, I'm happy with this. I'm comfortable. Yeah. Can we look at Warren Buffett, for example? Um, he lives in the same house in the 1970s. Know, drives yeah. a, some simple car. Yeah. Goes to McDonald's in the mornings. He hasn't got a chef in his house. Yeah. That comes to his house. So I'm thinking it's, it's what makes you happy yeah. rather than how much money you got kind of thing. Cars make me happy. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. be completely honest with you. And people watch the weekly and watch channel and I'm a big car freak. I've always have been a car freak. It's only we've been on social media a year, but this isn't new. I've had these cars for a very long yeah, time. Yeah. What people got to remember is I only drive the car from six o'clock in the morning till seven to go to the office. And I drive it home at eight o'clock at night till nine o'clock. Mm. And I don't get to drive the car any other time no. of the day. So that's my enjoyment of yeah, my yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. People think, oh, he's got a car, he's out. No, if I don't get you. to drive it ever, 
yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's what makes me happy exactly. it's like all the hard work I've done I'm like that's what I've done it for and things like that mm. and, I, and, I, and I like people who can actually come out to the world and go yes I am doing it because I want to buy something mm. I am trying to build yes generational wealth and trying to look after my children or whatever you're trying to do or make your family financially free but I love the people who actually will stand up and go no I want a Lamborghini mm, yeah. and I'm going to work to get one. Yeah, it's And I like that. I like people who can actually say, because I hear a lot of things from people like money is and everything. Yeah. Um, well, try paying your bills with no money. <laughs> exactly. It's you know, oh, having a hundred million doesn't make me happy. Mm. That's because you've got a hundred million. Mm-hmm. You give hundred million to an unhappy person, they might see it differently to you. Exactly. And it's all down exactly. to the individual. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong answer there, I believe. But mm. your car is lovely. Exactly. It's very, like, very nice. <laughs> it's the Lego application. Yeah, because you know, putting earning it if you're not going to enjoy it. No, so you have to use it to spend just on experiences, holidays, decent house, decent car. All those things are best. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you earning it for? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's yeah, good. yeah. Well, thirty minutes is up. Mm-hmm. It's gone again really quick. Yeah. And I feel like we've got a really good insight into what you're about and who you are. I would love to do another podcast with you in the future and maybe break down a bit more about what you have got and yeah. how it works and some figures and some numbers and stuff like that if you're ever open so that'd be yeah, great yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're also going to go and do the 30 questions now which yeah. i've talked to you about before <laughs> that is really cool you're going to read mm. that but thank you very much for coming down yeah, you're welcome i Thanks really appreciate me. it and hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast because it's a really good insight to people who do different strategies we don't hear about this strategy very often and it's something that I don't do, but it's something I will certainly be looking at in the Birmingham area <laughs> now because it's so much easier than doing a buy, refurbish, refinance because you have to deal with builders and stuff. In this case, it's mainly paperwork and using yeah. your brain, but it might be a lot easier than dealing with builders because mm. they are a pain in the arse most times. But yeah, thank you very much for tuning in and I will catch you soon with another Steve's Corner in about a week's time.